Welcome to a new episode of Two Whatever's Way Up. I am one of your hosts, Seth. I am joined by Hope. Hey, how's it going? And Jesse. Hello. And we are super excited. We we really wanted to smash this one into last episode about Reacher and Book of Boba Fett, but there was still one more episode to come out for this one, and uh, I'm kind of fucking glad we waited too. Yeah. Really this needs to be a standalone episode for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Uh, we're discussing Peacemaker, uh, directed by James Gunn for HBO Max as a spinoff of the DCEU. And uh, let's just let's just get our initial knee jerk reactions off the table. The man's just having too much fun in the DCEU and should be arrested. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, he shouldn't be arrested. He should be put in charge. Yeah, no, truly. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm being everyone a little... else should be arrested at DC. <laughs> I, I'm I'm being facetious in my crimes against humanity. Just uh, it shouldn't be legal to have that much fun. Uh, it just what the fuck? What did you guys think watching through? I've rewatched it twice. How do you think I feel? <laughs> there was a while I was like, it took me a second to watch Peacemaker because I was I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna binge it through, binge it through. And every single day, Jesse's like, did you watch it yet? I'm like, no, I'm going to binge it. <laughs> did you watch it yet? Yeah, I watched the first episode. Oh, what episode are you on now? I haven't even finished the first fucking episode, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> but you did say you did a spit take when you saw the intro uh, title sequence. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I yes. was drinking. I was. It was my mo- my morning ritual, get home from work, make my coffee. And I just, like, I was taking a sip, and all of a sudden I see the fucking Cena come out, like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> I love it, but what the fuck is this? Yeah, I, I posted in a, in the Discord after the first couple episodes. In this Discord, we do not skip the Peacemaker opening. We play it every single time. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. That should be fucking disabled for that show. Would you like to skip intro? Fuck no, I'm not skipping the intro. <laughs> Are you crazy enough to skip the intro? That's the, how it should prompt it. <laughs> you know you're an asshole if you do this, right? <laughs> I've low-key been trying to like learn the dance as I go through <laughs> oh, dude, every it, time. TikTok has blown up with people doing the dance. I love it. Oh, it's great. Yeah. And I think I, actually the dance is uh, inspired by Space Invaders, actually. It's the way yeah. the, the, uh, yeah. the creatures the arms. The yeah. it's, it's <laughs> and then how the arms come out. <laughs> I love it. I I just I love I love how much he, he like how loose they left his leash to do and say some of the things that he did and said in this series. Um, I do want to give uh, at the top of this episode though, kind of like I don't I don't know if it, if it's a, a full trigger warning or or there's there's some stuff covered in this show that's like uh, we haven't seen our superheroes talk about this kind of stuff. And it and it talks about it very directly. There's a lot of like kind of intense racism uh, yeah. in the show. So I, I I I give it a high recommend, especially for anybody that's into superheroes. But I I do like to give the caveat of like if watching that kind of stuff is difficult, this is probably not the one for you. But please look at highlight reels and clips and stuff online because you can glean a lot of the hilarity that way too. Yeah. Well, also it's. It's nice because all the people that were fans of Snyder's stuff, they're like, it's so different from the Marvel stuff. And now that this has come out, they're like, oh, no, it's just like Marvel stuff. Like, not really. You're not going to see Tom Holland, no. Ben Zendaya over a bathroom sink and pounder in the ass in, the, in, a, <laughs> in a Marvel movie. You're not going to see that. You do see that in the first episode of Peacemaker, though. Yeah. It's yeah. like 
yeah, DC is kind of cornering the market on, yes, it's for adults, but we know that this is pretty fucking stupid as well. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's there's legitimately one of the emotional, like, beats, like, like character-developing beats of the show is he gets called out for being bisexual by his actively racist, murderous father yeah. and then kills his own father. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Show me an MCU that's going to do that. Like, I fucking dare you. I goddamn dare you. Yeah. like You only find that in comics. You won't find that in any sort of film, movie, cinema. Like, right. There's no yeah. way. What's interesting is that's content from the comics, too. Like yeah, his, exactly. The original origin of the character was that he was the son of a Nazi officer, and he killed his own dad, and his dad's own ghost still haunts him after he's dead. Right. It's content from the book. So anybody says, oh, it's not respecting the material now this is an accurate update yeah it's just it's just goofy it's funny because you you can't take this shit seriously like the point of the show is that these are these c and d list characters that nobody gives a fuck about yeah that's why they're doing this like you can't take this shit seriously like taking it seriously like, oh you're disrespecting the lore of peacemaker what fucking lore who gives a shit about this character that's the point they even pointed out in the show, like, oh, Peacemaker, you're that racist superhero. <laughs> like, yeah, Can I also say cares. that I love how his biggest fight he was talking about was with Kite Man. <laughs> I love Kite Man. And yeah. he's like, yeah, I fought <laughs> against Kite Man. <laughs> he's like, well, doesn't he just but what, like, gravity float down? down? <laughs> no. 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 <laughs> they they retroactively brought a lot of comic heroes into the DCEU canon on purpose. Oh, yeah. yeah. That just name-dropping on purpose. I love James Gunn for doing that. Again, like, C and D-list characters. You know, they just, <laughs> no one cares. That's why they use them. And that's why it's funnier, and that's why he was perfect for this material. I don't know how much you guys were getting flashbacks to Super watching this show, but there, yes. was, there was so many bits where I was just like, oh, God, James Gunn has just been waiting for an opportunity like this, hasn't he? Yes. Yeah. Super was fantastic. I actually might put that on a future episode of Super. I need to rewatch that. <laughs> I'm sure it has. Some parts have not aged very well. I know. Yeah, that. yeah. yeah, yeah the, uh, <laughs> Ellen, or now Elliot Page, raping Rain Wilson. Eh, maybe not so good. Uh, but everything else, I like in that movie. Oh. Uh, and didn't that come out in like the middle of the aughts when it was like shock yeah, humor? It did. Was, it was like was oh eight humor. oh nine or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that. That's a that's an that humans were never going to be responsible with the with the internet, but the ways in which we have been irresponsible are so stupid. I. <laughs> <laughs> it just it's just like that. Um, yeah. Well, let, let's jump into the show. Um, I, I would love to talk about and highlight some of the stuff that worked for us. Uh, namely, for me, is James Gunn okay about father figures in his life? Because the man has written the like probably my three favorite daddy issue superhero things ever with with Guardians and Peacemaker and Super. Just like... Uh, yeah. Did what? he? Was he a? Uh, did he have a father growing up? Was he a, his? Was he raised by a single parent? See, I don't know I, his history. I, I I don't either. I only know that his his back history is very rough. He was talking on a podcast recently. Um, most of his teeth are false teeth. He got curb stomped as a young guy and Ooh. just rolled with really rough characters. It sounds like, 
And so uh, the big reason why he gravitates towards fucked up characters and character work at all is because that's how he views himself. He sees himself as just like a, a recovered fuck up. And that, and so his his heart is in writing these kinds of characters because he's writing himself and kind of like atoning for his life sins is how he sees it. It's kind of nuts. And we saw it all in the public eye when he got fired from Marvel and then got yeah. rehired. Right. <laughs> yeah. So you know he's cleaned his act up. Good for him. Yeah. And congrats, and, to, w- congrats to his engagement as well. To uh, yeah, that was awesome. By the way, I was thinking about this today. If there's ever anybody on this planet that was ever born to play Samus Aran in a Metroid movie, right? Jennifer Holland. Yes. Holy <laughs> yeah. shit. Yes. Oh Dude. my god, that would be J- killer. James Gunn, get on it, please. <laughs> Who, who's the Who's the correct director pairing there? Because I feel like if you grabbed like an Alex Garland to do like kind of a like a explorative space movie with Samus that could be like like A24 material you know what I mean just just really really do something with it instead of just trying to reproduce the games I think that could be awesome like make it more realistic so to say yeah I mean, there's been a bunch yeah. of games that have been announced as TV shows I mean Bioshock just got announced for Netflix yeah too. I saw that dude I'm in. yeah uh, that's, gonna I, be, that's gonna be something as long as they can keep those um, themes in there, that's uh, Bioshock. I think was was very important in my uh, conversion to communism growing yeah. up. Ayn Rand must die. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Peacemaker. What what's uh, what are some of the really standout things to you? Like what what really m- made this head and shoulders above everything else we've seen lately? Dude, give John Cena a fucking Emmy, <laughs> <laughs> right? Dude, the fucking guy can cry on cue. Holy shit, man. He's a very good actor. And he's hilarious. Like, the guy has some acting chops. I am shocked by that. Is it, is it weird that we've had a bunch of people come from the wrestling world that are really good actors? Because that's all wrestling is, is acting. It's a, it's a masculine soap opera. Yep. That's literally all wrestling is. So, no, it does not shock me that he can act that well plus he does have a background in the military so all he has to do is drudge up some ptsd moments and bam cry on cue right (laughs) yeah i i I think that that kind of thing especially his comedic timing like i've we've seen him be funny a lot and usually that's a good indicator of being able to have dramatic chops if you're willing to let yourself go there like the rock refuses to do that kind of stuff but he is also like actively choosing roles where he wouldn't have to push himself like that uh, versus, you know, John Cena is is a genuine actor. Like, a- everything that I've ever seen about people that have worked with him, have what they say about John Cena is, like, the dude is exactly what he seems like, but he's also showing up as an actor. And that, that it, it makes him exactly right for these kinds of roles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, he's very, very good, and he's very uh, meticulous. He's very professional. Um, he's very he dedicated. Like he seems like a super nice guy as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's done more charity work than most people combined. That's like his big thing. He He's actually, if you look at his like his charity stats, like half, basically half of the year when he's not filming, recording, he's at like children's hospitals. Mm-hmm. So the man is, he's a saint. <laughs> like, no yeah. lie, the man's a saint. Yeah. Some, uh, some of the other standout stuff from the show too. I was, um, I was very impressed with 
how well they used eight episodes. And I've I've said it on other podcasts. I yeah. think I said it on the very yes. last one. Eight episodes yep. is the perfect amount uh, if if you have enough story to tell. Because like, I, it's, I, it could be argued like if you only have three or five episodes worth of content, you should just make a movie. But I don't know if the Peacemaker movie would have worked this well. Not uh, at all. Without no. being able to really take the time to sit. W- and like multiple scenes of the man like playing music to himself to be emotional. You know, just mm-hmm. y- you wouldn't take the time for that in a movie. You might give us one for a minute. But this show's like, no, multiple times. We're going to sit down one time with the man in his fucking underwear. Like a very intimate moment. Um, oh, yeah. In the living room of some <laughs> random booty call, too. Like, yeah. not even by himself, but yeah. just, I know you're taking a piss, but I'm just going <laughs> to sit here in my tidy whities and sing. Yeah. I love the fact that the music that he puts on is like, he says, this is back when men were men, and he puts on, it's like this soft rock ballad. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Okay. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like okay. it, it, hair With the metal. giant hair and makeup and everything too. Like. I think. I think that's a Patton Oswalt joke, which was um, uh, he's talking about like hair metal in the '80s. Like, if you grew up listening to hair metal bands and you, you know, uh, had a big wig and you wore like leather, guess what? You're gay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because every time they show a music video, they always show all the guys together, like all oiled up and all like rocking out. And they cut to all the women miles away, nowhere near all the guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Because they were comfortable being men. <laughs> but I mean, isn't that kind of baked into the character here? Like them actively yes. uh, outing him as a character from his father? Like it, 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 it works on a metaphorical level along with the material here. So then the joke gets kind of compounded to me where it's like when, when, the, when the show is saying back when men were men, when they were, you know, hair metal artists, that is his point of view of masculinity in the world. Like that's the, mm-hmm. it's the fact that it's played serious becomes the joke. Cause it's like, no, he's, he's not bullshitting you right now. Yeah. He, he truly feels that way. I was about to say, he has like a little bit of Drax in him where there's like, yeah. he's very like, there's no metaphor. It's this is, this is this. Right. <laughs> so yeah. it, that adds to the tone. Yeah, uh, it, it's very innocent in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah. He, he is kind of like a big kid in a lot of ways. He never really grew up because he's kind of dumb. Basically, the point yeah. of this show was to take, basically, it was take Duke Nukem and turn him into a social justice warrior. Can we do that in eight episodes? Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah. Oh, by the way, is there any, ever anybody that was born to play Duke Nukem? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I would pay to see that movie. Sure. I don't know if anybody else would. <laughs> I mean, I would, but that's you know, I, I'm I'm as we've exposed, very easy to please if you're willing to to give me these silly things sometimes. Speaking of like dumb though, I actually did text Jesse this the other day. I was like, real question: How many times has Vigilante been dropped on his head as a child to be that <laughs> fucking dumb? Okay, that's the best character in the show, Vigilante. Oh my god. I love him. I love him. Definitely my favorite. But he's like, it's just a, the, a butterfly is just a type of bird. What? No, it's not. Right. <laughs> Goth is your favorite color teal. Dude, it's yes or no questions. There's two <laughs> rules. One, yes or no questions. Two, don't be a fucking moron. <laughs> well, I can't follow those rules. <laughs> 
You seem very angry right now. Ah! <laughs> the uh, uh, the autism spectrum has really adopted him as a as a like uh, character for them, especially mm-hmm. in that last episode when when he's literally like, "You need to tell me if you're being sarcastic or if you're not being sarcastic." Yes. Yes. <laughs> Note: sarcastic. I don't think you're fat. <laughs> And yes, I am worried about your eating. You really should stop. Thanks. <laughs> I hate that my third best friend is fighting with my first best friend. <laughs> Can I, this, this is a little thing that just kind of popped into my I don't know if this is Mandela effect or if I'm just going crazy. I've rewatched this show twice, and I keep thinking, you remember that scene where uh, John Cena is listing off all the people that Economos could have put in his place to take uh, his spot in prison? Yeah. Yeah. I keep thinking that there's, I don't know if I dreamed this or if it was something that was changed or cut, but I keep thinking that he said at one point, Zack Snyder, James Gunn, and Economos goes, dude, those aren't even real people. Am I going crazy? I I don't recall that. I don't recall either, but I do know at the end of that episode, because at the end of every episode, there's like outtakes or whatever, or like oh, yeah, extra little, clips. Yeah. So maybe, because again, I only saw the episode once. Yeah, maybe, so maybe maybe it, it was, was in the the aftercut take possibly. Maybe I don't know, but that would have been funny if it, if it wasn't in there. <laughs> yeah, Zack Snyder, James Gunn, those aren't even real people. <laughs> he did say that, but I don't think it was about their names. He, I think it was like cartoon characters he listed off or something. Oh yeah, <laughs> the Red Tiger from Voltron. <laughs> yes, I think that's. He was what like, that's fuck? not even real people. <laughs> It was like, Ariana Grande, Ariana Grande does not look like she could handle prison well. She's too innocent. Possibly true. Possibly. <laughs> I uh, I really love that all of the characters get their own bits of development as well. Mm-hmm. Like like it's like it's this is definitely John Cena's vehicle, but I mean even even Economos is is a different person by the end of all this. I, yes. I really Oh yeah. Yeah, that scene where he has to admit that he does dye his beard. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. that tore at my heart. That pulled at my heartstrings. <laughs> you know who Steve Agee played in uh, Suicide Squad besides Economos? Didn't he play he the King, King yeah, Shark? He, yeah, he was the body. Was the body. Yeah, <laughs> interesting. That's funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, because apparently he and James Gunn have been friends for like ten years or something like that. So they go oh, way yeah. back. He was also in Guardians Volume Two. He's yeah. He was of, one of his, the the crew members with yeah. Taser Face. <laughs> Oh yeah, the Ravagers. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh god. There's a plot line I never really got progressed at all in Guardians films. The Ravagers. I just kind of dropped that. That's kind of a shame. They were supposed to bring it back, especially with the second movie. How all the Ravagers, like all the crews, came together. They were supposed to do something more with that. I think that. Yeah. I think initially that was supposed to be the third Guardians film, but it got diverted. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, mixed, the mixed feelings on Guardians two kind of put everybody off of that i think which like i i i now that i've seen peacemaker i i'm starting to see some of those issues because the 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 amount of work that he's able to get done character wise with this much time the 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 daddy problems really get figured out to it to the point that they're supposed to because you know we're trying to get to the point where his dad can be a ghost uh, you know, and and weigh on his conscience all the time, and and that's yeah. exactly where we got to. Um, but I I feel like we understood that relationship a lot better, and even in the Guardians two, which I I personally love the movie, 
Um, I like, but it definitely would have served better as like a six or eight episode TV show. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Yeah. Because like the um, Yondu and um, Star Lord relationship. That's the that's the saddest bit by the end. But it it also I think maybe he might be your father, but he ain't your daddy. Right, yeah. and it's oh. like it's like they skip to the sentiment, and and I could have used a little more peacemaker style push, like you know, building up and seeing what that relationship looked like when it's when it's you know them versus each other. So so now I I get it some, but it's I, I'm also happy that he got peacemaker to really show off what he was trying to say with that kind of stuff in Guardians too. Right. Well, Gunn did say recently that he is retiring from film after Guardians Three, like he's done with. Like wow. he, he realizes that he gets more out of doing television, so he's just going to television. Like they're letting him do whatever he wants. Like in season two of Peacemaker, he's directing every episode. Wow, he gets to do an eight-hour film. Like he's he's not doing film anymore because he realizes, oh yeah, it's too small good of a box him. for me to work in. You know, he no, they're going to let him, him do whatever honest, he wants. I mean, honestly, Mike Flanagan has found his voice doing that exact same thing. I'm yeah, here for like it. His films are fine, but the television shows are way better. Yeah, you know, so yeah, yeah. I I like Doctor Sleep a lot, but holy shit, I got way more out of Midnight Mass. Yeah, it just I think Doctor Sleep would have served better as a TV show. If oh, it was like dude, five five episodes. There Do- you go. Doctor Sleep would have been killer as an eight episode miniseries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can we can we talk about I I I want to talk also about father figures with James Gunn. And I think another thing that has adapted and played into his life is the fact that Lloyd Kaufman basically was that father figure. Like, he began James Gunn's Mm -hmm. career. He was a part of, you know, the whole Tromaville, Troma Life. You know, he uh, Lloyd even makes a cameo in the Suicide Squad, you know. Um, When they're in the bar, he, like, does a quick cameo and Lloyd Kaufman's there. So, like, I, I feel like Lloyd Kaufman, with his background, definitely has played a major influence on James Gunn and how he's does his comedy and everything with yeah. his. And it, I think it's even painted how James Gunn approaches the public just for seeing how the public reacted to Kaufman in that way. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. he's he's always been pretty cautiously like, no, I'm just going to run things on the side over here and do my fucked up shit in, in a space where people won't question me on it and now right. and now that's the stuff that the mainstream's like like clamoring for it's like no mm. we want we want that out in the wings shit we're, we're tired of the the normal you know chewed up mulch that is the superhero genre now we we want we want your fucked up shit from the, over there and yeah. yeah it's it's made him a superstar it's kind of a weird coincidence because um I was supposed to do an episode of defending your movie with Jeremy pretty soon I was going to talk about the film Freddy Got Finger which I actually really like um, and because that's the kind of comedy that most people these days clamor for, yes, humor, like yes, that back in two thousand one after nine eleven, eh, people weren't really feeling that. Now no. that's the norm. Yeah, like, th- like this film, this entire show of Peacemaker is basically mostly cringe humor. If you really break it down, yeah, like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's a, this is the kind of stuff that we really love. You know, Freddie Got Finger was just twenty years ahead of the times, <laughs> or twenty years behind the times, I should say. It's not a good movie, but I do think it's funny. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, and and it's worth going back and and bringing those things up just for being ahead of their time. I think just just so that they're not lost to time with their you know original knee jerk reaction. Because I I would hate you know for for anything to 
have gone down like that. You know, say say mm-hmm. what you will about the later Jason movies, but if we'd have missed the first one because it was you know cheaply made and and if we're being honest, not super great. If but if you know if it missed the the ship, we would have been down one slasher villain that everybody loves. Yeah. Oh yeah. And a really good game that unfortunately you can't play anymore. Oh, that's right. Yeah, those right fuckers. Writer filed a lawsuit or something like that. <laughs> it's all good. The Evil Dead game's coming out. It's the same damn thing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Love me some Bruce Campbell and some Raimi. That series will never die. <laughs> it it's got the staying power. I even like the uh, the remake movie for what it was. I like that. Mm-hmm. It, I like that it wasn't trying to be. Like you know, shot for shot remake. It was like, nah, let's have yeah. some some gory fun. Oh well, guess what's on uh, next season? Let's split the difference. I I'm I'm stoked for that one. That that's going to be yeah. two, two uppers for me. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I like both. That doesn't mean don't listen to the episode. It just means yes, we like both movies. <laughs> so I have I have two questions for you guys about the Peacemaker series. I wanted your takes on. Yep. So I the... also have a question. Oh, awesome. Um. Well, uh, do you mind if I start off with my first one? Oh, mine's dumb. So yeah, go for it. (laughs) (laughs) So um, uh, something that struck me was, you know, obviously the the plan to do Peacemaker must have spun out during Suicide Squad, right? Like, uh, Mm -hmm. I I think even recently he gave an interview, uh, James Gunn gave an interview talking about um, there was a certain scene that he was shooting with John Cena and and something just really clicked for him. And he was like, oh, fuck, there's John brought more character than we're getting to shoot here. And uh, so, was it the bar scene? Which scene was it? Um, actually, it was uh, it was it him his death scene or you know perceived death scene because uh, uh, because okay. originally he was supposed to die after he got shot in the throat and and crushed by the building. He wasn't mm-hmm. going to come back until I guess after they had gone through the dailies and and Gunn was like, actually I I want to bring him back. And so they shot the um uh the the end credit sequence of the um. Suicide Squad uh, during some of the shooting for Guardians of the Galaxy, actually. Uh, and he, oh. he, he's crossed over a bunch of their shooting at this point, too. Apparently, Marvel shot the um, uh, Justice, Justice League, League cameo. Um, on I think it's because they owed him one. Yeah. Do, uh, well, oh, yeah. He's 100%. getting worked on on other people's dimes, and I think that's awesome. Um, well, so weren't they filming in the same general locations? Yeah, like, yeah. All, all that shit's, you know, in the same places now. Yeah. It all lined up, so. Yeah. yeah. And we will get to the Justice League stuff in a second. <laughs> well, so, so oh, any, gosh. To, anyways, to get to my question, uh, the end of Suicide Squad is a kaiju, and this movie also ends with some form of a kaiju to the point that a character even makes a joke about it. Um, yeah. Another fucking kaiju. <laughs> no, not again. <laughs> it's so, so my question is, does that read repetitive to you guys or, or it was it the joke is funnier the second time around? I think uh, that it was, it, it was, a, yeah, it works because it, both movies were, don't get me wrong. I love them, love them, love them, but they're both dumb. <laughs> both dumb movies yeah. and shows so i think it worked and it's because he poked fun at it i mean even the character's like fuck another kaiju not again right you know so it's like kind of poking fun at itself at the same time but also this go around the first one starro in the movie was a conqueror like he wanted to take over and the second one it literally is a cow yeah it's yeah. just it's chilling there exactly it's not a threat at all it's just chill, and they're like, I kind of thought it was adorable, not gonna lie. 
You know what? It looks like one of those one of those things, one of those creatures that are like microscopic that like, can exist in Oh, tardigrade? Tardigrade. Yeah. It looks like a giant tardigrade, yeah. Yeah. Or if you're a fan of um other DC universe stuff such as like Teen Titans, the character Starfire has like this little worm thing called like Silky and it looks like a giant version of that. Yeah. Hm. James Gunn knows how to get his um, future plushy lines stacked up for all of his projects. Well, I mean, you can thank Mandalorian for that. They they were like, oh yeah, cute thing. Or no, no, Last Jedi with the porks. See, I I think his Groot predates baby Groot predates the baby Yoda oh, craze. Oh yeah, you're right. It you're does. Right. Yeah, it does. You're right, damn. Yeah, he knows. He knows. Yeah, he's the guy that started it. <laughs> the dancing Groot will never get old. <laughs> Uh, my my other question was, did, did the this series is very PC on purpose? Did that work to the comedy advantage, or did it come off a little preachy? That's one of the uh, notes lobbed from the Snyder crowd that I was like, I maybe that's worth exploring. I don't want to say it's right, but it's worth exploring. Uh, I think that it's a good thing it went that way because that's the point of the show is to point out that these characters do have baggage that is not being addressed. Um, and James Gunn is like, yeah, there's some stuff that we need to really talk about here because if you're really looking, there's that there hasn't been very many comics of the Peacemaker. There hasn't. No. Been. There's there's not much. He kind of comes and goes here and there, but for the most part, he is a racist superhero. Yeah, his dad was a Nazi. Okay, <laughs> it's like you can't really get around that. And so anybody that's like in the Snyder crowd that's trying to defend or defend the classic Snyder iteration of you know you shouldn't be making jokes about this. You know why would you do that? Like take this shit seriously. It kind of points out the uber masculine scumbags that Snyder continues to continue to gravitate towards Snyder's bullshits. Mm. Like, because everybody's like, oh, well, John Cena is a big tough guy, but he's also kind of mentally broken the entire the, the entirety of this show. Yeah. Yeah. And every one of the Snyder crowd are like, he shouldn't be fucking crying. The fuck is this bullshit? Like, you guys are fucking scumbags. Every fucking one of you. This further cements <laughs> that everybody that's on Snyder's side is a dick. To, I, no. I I love that that is something that was levied against the show that you know he's he's kind of a a bitch protagonist because he cries and it's even written into the show the like the face exercise thing the, it, yes. that that to me just reads mm-hmm. as such a middle finger to those people of like are are you such a child that you can't watch an adult feel sadness about something that is objectively sad. It, okay, yeah. yeah, he's not crying. He's doing face exercises. It's really manly, guys. Yeah. I, I love I love that that was like part of the of how he wrote it was knowing what the conversations was going to look like. Yeah, for all the effort that was put into this fucking Snyder cut, a show about a guy that's just dealing with his personal mental problems is so much more interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, just, you know, and also that I, I think that leads us a bit into uh, the Justice League situation <laughs> where they appear and then uh, Peacemaker says, you're late, you fucking dickheads. Go fuck another fish. <laughs> He's like, I'm so tired of that. Ru- I'm so tired of that. rumor. It's not really a rumor, man. <laughs> fucking very. Like you get uh, you get two of the actors. Originally, there was supposed to be uh, five. <laughs> uh, Ray Fisher is not really part of the DCEU anymore because of obvious reasons. Um, ben Affleck, I think, has been is going to be written out with Flashpoint. And originally he was going to have a stand in there, and that's been cut. And then Henry Cavill and Gal Gadot, they were not there because who knows. 
So well, I think Gal Gadot six. was Gal Gadot was in the she's in like three new films coming up. So I think there was just a conflict. Oh. Um, there is a film out right yeah. in Henry Campbell's in he's in the middle of starting his D and D project. Um, Wait, is he doing a D and D project? He is. Yeah, he's he's apparently Wait. doing the uh, the thing Vin Diesel tried to do a while back, but is like actually accomplishing <laughs> something. <laughs> yes. Oh, that makes me so happy. Well, be, yeah. I mean, so to be clear, Reddit has like fully adopted Daddy Cavill as the king of D and D. They're just like, yeah, Thank just God. give the man his crown. He builds his own PCs. Uh, he's he is one of us. We do, yeah. we can't slight him just because he's too fucking handsome. So the sub- Vin Diesel gets everybody to gets to pay everybody to do his shit for him. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Right. Lazy bitch. N- nobody on Reddit is talking about Vin Diesel's love of D and D. Nobody cares. We all saw Last Witch Hunter. It sucks. Right. <laughs> I made a joke about that in my uh, in my script. <laughs> oh damn because because oh, yes. it's set in salem and uh one of the characters is carrying a plague mask as a as a prank and it eventually gets adopted into the killer's uh costume and i i make it a point to point out that like that iconography that was used in the last witch hunter is 300 years off uh, that like the plague masks were from the 1400s and yeah. the Salem witch trials were in the late 1600s and it's like Mm-mm. yeah so last witch hunter kind of sucks um, <laughs> and and one of the characters explains that to to one of the other characters <laughs> I was about to say I could totally I actually did like a thesis paper on the Salem witch trials back in college and how it was all staged and it was it, it, the whole reason was a scapegoat to avoid the calamities that were truly happening at the time and also like it's really interesting yeah yeah, yeah. what's that book uh, was it the crucible is it the crucible that sounds right yeah is it yeah where they they peg uh some random guy to be a, a scapegoat and hang him for crimes he didn't commit yeah mm-hmm See, I, I, I just, I, I feel like those kinds of situations are just like the, the people look back on our founding fathers as being like really great people, and it's like, first of all, they had no, no, no cops to stop them from just gang killing somebody they didn't like. So yeah, you know, maybe they were a little more barbaric than we want to give them credit for. Ben Franklin had like what was it? six mistresses or some shit in France. Oh, he straight uh, up died of syphilis or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Dude, these weren't great people. <laughs> no matter what Bioshock Infinite tries to tell you. Right. The fucking there, there's actually, R.I.P. the late Trevor Moore did a song about the founding fathers and how all they did was smoke weed and, like, kill people. Uh, <laughs> and it's great. Yeah, just uh, bad people all around. But speaking of bad people, uh, Peacemaker, besides the bit uh, bastard himself, who do you guys think is one of the worst characters from the show? As in, as in, like best of the worst. You know, we are endeared to their badness. Oh, uh, definitely his dad, Robert Patrick, the old T one thousand. Like, dude, yes. he plays such a good scumbag. He, I love, I love whoever did their research into that um, uh, jail fight. Um, that was like 
exactly 100% executed correctly in how Mm -hmm. inmates like react and think about those kinds of situations because they know everyone will go back over the tapes at a certain point and just the way that they incorporated that into his character of like he's been in for so long and this is so ingrained in him he knows not to fight at that point he was like it's Mm -hmm. it's not that I couldn't kick your fucking ass that's not the issue here kid like this would be a fight and they know where the cameras are placed. Like that that's a lot of what happens is they find the areas where they're not placed, where there's low guards, where the they uh switch shifts. Yep, like so yep. they they methodically plan stuff out. And when things like that happen, uh, I don't know if you all your Cobra Cry people are out there, but they're like the best way to fight is to not fight, not yeah. to be there, you yeah. know. Because it, it's literally seconds until the guards are going to break in, just like they showed in the show. And and, exactly. I, and I love that for, for Vigilante, too. That was like, he's obviously never been in jail. And so his Ooh. his plan was to just, you know, go straight in for it. And it could have worked, to be clear, had he gone for it and not, you know, tried to take down the thugs first. If he had that much of an element of surprise and that, like, fighting ability, I guess if it were me, I would have gone after his target first but again like it just adds to this character's not a smart guy no <laughs> and, yeah. and and it adds to um uh robert patrick is so much of a bad guy he knows how to be a bad guy in jail like exactly <laughs> like how they he had a following even though he hadn't been in jail for decades probably he still had a following there like god damn yeah <laughs> I I heard um, James Gunn call him Archie Bunker on steroids in an interview, <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, that that tracks for me." Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, do we know? Is are there any like theories as to where the show goes from here? Obviously, he's going to have to deal with his, his the ghost of his racist father. Yeah. Oh, uh, hope. Did you have a question as well? Oh yeah. I I I did. Um. Just to lighten the mood a little bit, and since we are talking about James Gunn and how he's both Marvel and DC now. Yeah. To all of my big memers, all my all my Marvel DC fans <laughs> out there, this is a question for everybody, including you two. Who is the better dancer now? Is it Peacemaker or is it Zemo? <laughs> oh. Uh. See, Who has has Peacemaker usurped Zemo's club dance, or does Zemo still reign supreme? That is my question. See, the, I I, I want to answer it with whoever's whoever it would be more out of character to see them dancing would get it because it, it's the most vulnerable thing the character could do, and I can I. I can see it being a calculated thing from Zemo and I can't see it being a calculated thing from Peacemaker. So I'm, I would edge it to Peacemaker, but that's just, that's just how I read it. Fair enough. Fair enough. I agree with that. Yeah. Like, or, or, or which, or maybe a star Lord. What about him? Oh, if if Star Lord's goofy as shit though, like that's normal. You know, I'm I'm talking about like, out of the blue, like you never, like when everyone first saw Peacemaker in his underwear dancing, no one expected that. When everyone saw Zemo at the club dancing with his little like, eh, eh, you know, <laughs> no one expected that. So I'm going for pure like shock value major dance people, not like Star Lord where it's like, oh yeah, if he doesn't break down to dance every five minutes, then 
that's yeah. not, ex- you know. Also, Chris Pratt's kind of a huge dick, so <laughs> there's that too. True. Yeah. Um, I also, I really liked, um, oh, oh, what was his name? Judo Master. Um, oh, yes! yeah. He, I he, love his love of talkies. If, if he doesn't <laughs> come back Cheetos. as a main character and see, like, he has to join the team in season two. I yeah. like, I. He was literally just a joke in this season. He's there for nothing. The, he's fucking invincible, too. The, the man has, <laughs> should have died at least three different times and still hasn't. And so I'm But he just, moved his kidney to his heart to pump the blood. Right. <laughs> That's not how that works. Only the masters know how to do it. <laughs> a master has never done it. At least one could have. No. <laughs> God, make him such an idiot. Oh my God. Well, that just makes me think of some of the going back to like Suicide Squad is like starfish, which is another term for butthole. Is that what we're going for? This is butthole. No. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Mern just being so done with all of their shit. I, they have been talking up his performance in Guardians Three, and my my expectations are high at this point because he was who's he playing? Uh, he's playing the the high evolutionary, and um, the the thing that's got everybody up in arms right now is clips from the Doctor Strange trailer are showing the mountain where the high evolutionary. Uh, was involved somehow with the creation of the Scarlet Witch um, because his his cow person, Bova, was the nursemaid that took care of the, the twins as babies. Anyways, all of this to say he could be like very, very tied into what's happening in Phase 4 and everyone's talking up his performance as being like the, the like Oscar turn uh, that everybody thought that Avengers 2 is going to be for um, uh, Ultron. Mm. Well, I mean, like, that's going to be in Doctor Strange. Illuminati is going to be in Doctor Strange. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that, that, so I'm, I'm curious about the- Let's combine everything the... together. You thought we were really good in Spider-Man? Oh, we got so much more. <laughs> well, with the Illuminati, I'm curious because you have Tony Stark, who's now dead. You had Reed Richards, who- I don't even know where they are with Fantastic Four. You have Professor Xavier, who are, is the X-Men now fully involved? I don't know. Like, so all these people, the Illuminati, aren't even, quote unquote, been involved yet. So I am super curious how that's going to play out. Yeah, I mean, the 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 movie, to me, seems like it's going to be a mess, but so did No Way Home going into it. And I think... Overall, they really pulled a good like. Oh no, they did like th- like thorough plotline out of it for what was apparently half reshoots too. Like they were they were up to and getting ready to shoot the Craven stuff at a certain point when the when uh, the contract with Toby came through. So that was like mid stream shift apparently. So if if they can do that and and get a no way home out of it, then. I, I trust them to pull something out of uh, Multiverse of Madness with, oh, with all this sure. insanity. Especially I, I, again, with Raimi at the helm. Fuck yeah. Right, right, exactly. To to see the man back in, in this in this kind of area when everybody said it was, you know, done for after three Spider-Man movies. And for some reason, Spider-Man 3 is so unforgivable, which, like, sure. <laughs> There's only one true scene that's unforgivable. The rest of the movie is good. It's just emo you know but whatever yeah. that's that's neither here nor there yeah yeah for sure 
Did you guys have a, a favorite episode of uh, Peacemaker? Which was any of them like really? Uh, since you've seen it twice, Jesse, are any of them like popping out as being a, a higher quality than the others? Uh, probably the one where Vigilante gets arrested and goes into prison. Mm-hmm. And they, yeah, that whole revealing of Peacemaker's backstory, where he kind of, uh, where he also can we talk about the soundtrack to this show, dude? Yeah, I listen to the soundtrack at work when I'm like at my desk. I listen to that; it's great. Dude, this soundtrack is awesome. He knows how to get good needle drops into his shows, dude. It, needle drops that uh, like always work contextually too. Like there's, yeah. they never, they never feel like uh, they're there as a joke or as like. It's never forced. Yeah, either, exactly. Like. And and I like that he makes he incorporates it pretty diegetic a lot of the time too, where the character feels the need to listen to music because of their their mindset right now, and that is excellent writing because that just informs the audience of where their head is at without any any words. You know what I mean? It's just seeing the character knowing what they're they're needing out of the song to to be playing the song. And, and then, it humanizes them, especially yeah. in a superhero context. Like, yeah. yeah, they're they might be a quote unquote superhero, but they're they're just humans. Right. <laughs> yeah. Why isn't Batman having like bad PTSD or something like that? It's like, oh, because he's Batman and he's perfect and he's wonderful and like he's Dude, that's that's something that I think that has been absolutely wasted in in just Batman stuff in general is fleshing out who his parents were to him and using that as ways to show what he thinks about when he thinks about them as an adult. Like, like, because name something about Martha or Martha Wayne, like about her character. Well, I was gonna <laughs> say, are we talking about the movies or because I watched the animated movies and the TV show and all that growing up. And they actually, there's like a three part episode in the Batman series where Scarecrow finds out who the Batman is, drugs him and induces him into like this coma where he has to face life if his parents were to grow up with him or, and then like flip switch and send him into super PTSD where his parents died, but never became the Batman. So like there's that whole, so the animated series actually does dive into that. Like it was super, the animated series for it being the the nineties was very, very deep. Like there's so many episodes where I was like, holy shit. Like I I go back now and I'm like, I watched that as a kid. Why? (laughs) Jesus. Fuck. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, they were uh, they were slipping us real stories in the '90s as kids. I, I think I think they they uh, underplay how much they got <laughs> slid past yeah. to us. And I think that's the thing about Snyder's stuff is that it's just like he didn't give a shit about any of that crap. So it's like Batman's watching an alien invasion. He's stone faced the entire time. Right, dude. Right. You shouldn't be in the same room with any of these fucking people. <laughs> this is not your territory. You know, but I think no. the Flashpoint supposed to write Ben Affleck out of the series. He's supposed to like disappear or some shit. And, you know, yeah. Now that Michael Keaton is taken back over as Batman, now we can all get back to normal. <laughs> Yay! Uh, I I, I hope, love old man Batman. I hope that means that we're jumping ahead into like Batman, Batman Beyond. Beyond. Yeah, Terry, Terry McGinnis. Yeah. 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 That I hope so because that that is regardless what anybody else says, and I I would fight over these words. Terry McGinnis is DC's Spider-Man. He's not Batman. Like he he's not yeah. meant to fill the space of Batman. That's not the point of the character. So 
I, I that gets me very stoked for for that because finally yeah. we can have a little fun in the DCEU in in the mainline movies and not just in these streaming shows. Also, Michael Keaton with the cane, grumpy with the dog, yeah, with a German with a German Shepherd, <laughs> or yes. not a German Shepherd. It's a, a Doberman with a Doberman. That I'm here for. Absolutely, <laughs> I'm fucking here for. Just to have him sit with like his cup of coffee and he's like. Fuck you, Terry. You fucked up. <laughs> I like the new suit they got for the new, for the new Batman. He looks pretty good. Yeah, yeah I'm. I'm uh, yeah. D- DC. Not the Robert Pattinson, the the new Michael Keaton Batman. It's like, oh, it's a nice update of the old '80s stuff. Yeah, yeah. It feels it feels like classic. Uh, it's kind of like yeah. when um when artists go back and do like old age Batman and and kind of show like the cloth in his costume the way it used to be and stuff. I I, I do yeah. dig that. Speaking of cloth and costumes, vigilante, there's holes in the armor. <laughs> Go for the holes. I love that. Is such a uh, a conversation you have as a kid. You, you know, like as as kids, and you would fight like who's stronger, Goku or Superman, and and you would like debate those kinds of things. That's exactly what that feels like, and that's been sorely missing from superhero content. Is like if superheroes were real to our world, we would pit these hypothetical fights against them all the time. Like that's we would talk about that all the time. It's what the boys mm-hmm. does. Exactly. You know, the boys covers yeah. that territory. Yeah. But yeah, the boys is, you know, the accurate realistic version. And this I I'd say Peacemaker is a fairly re- this is the much more realistic interpretation of these characters than Zack Snyder stuff ever was. It, oh, hundred percent. It's so grounded at times that I forget the like the powers that uh, yeah. Peacemaker is supposed to have with a gun, like in that final fight when he shoots his own shield into somebody. I was like, "Oh, that that feels almost a little silly now for how grounded the rest of this has been to this point." Yeah, the superhero stuff is like an afterthought, honestly. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. James Gunn even said in an interview, "I love superheroes. They're also the dumbest thing ever made. <laughs> They're not gods." Yes. Actually, yeah, the, the, it's an actual quote. Like they are pretty stupid because I I was thinking about this the other day. It's like people people take like. They take like the Snyder stuff very seriously. This is very serious material. I'm like, okay, well, um, are you religious at all? No, no, that's stupid. Well, what's the fucking difference? Right. What the Bible is like it's got adventures, it's got monsters, it's got superhero type characters. Like, what's the difference? It's the same shit. <laughs> it's the same shit. Who cares? It's just different skin. You know? Yeah. So it's okay. I'm really tired of people taking this shit so seriously. Like, just have fun. You know, I don't take this stuff very seriously at all anymore. It's not worth debating. Yeah. because <laughs> I'm just very sick of the incel crowd think, taking this seriously. I'm just like, wow, you've never gotten your dick wet, have you? Okay. <laughs> well, and it, it becomes one of those things where now, now that superheroes have been in the limelight for long enough that uh, people are asking. It's okay to poke at. It. Yeah, yeah. And, and people are actively asking these questions. I actually, I tweeted recently about how people are are kind of getting into the morality of superheroes through multiverse of madness kind of calling the stuff out uh in text with you know um Wanda asking why if she messes up it's a big fuck up but if Doctor Strange messes up it's considered saving the world and and like mm-hmm. the, the oh that scene broke me even just the trailer i was like damn yeah and and I, yeah. and i'm here for our our media to ask these kinds of questions and and so I'm I'm happy that we're entering into this this new kind of thought age about this kind of stuff where it's no longer 
no longer do we have to like belabor ourselves talking about yes obviously the cops are bad even in these like superhero situations and you know we can we can now move into a more complex ideas of like what what we need out of our stuff like when I, when i asked earlier if this shows too pc um if if the if the content and topic matter had been anything else i would have maybe leaned to yes but because it, it it because of the topic matter and how they want to talk about it with the like PC terminology, it, it baked itself into the show in a way that I, I would have been sad if they hadn't called out like how racist you know Christmas father is, and if they hadn't called out mm. how sociopathic it is to be a vigilante that kills people over graffiti, you know, like I yeah, and and so now that those things are intertwined, I I guess I'm happy to be entering the era where. Hey, our superhero shit can talk about this stuff and and just call a mm-hmm. you know call a penny a penny at that point and and not dart around th- these ideas and like you know yes um it is actually morally bad that Iron Man made his money off of war profiteering and yeah you know like yeah. we, and then we but they did go that. back and like but he did go back and like shut all that production down because he saw the error in his ways you know exactly. So- also, that brings up something I wanted to address. Uh, the uh, the issue of his bisexuality, however, is like, oh, shocked that he gets pointed out in like episode seven or so. I'm like, dude, that's referenced in episode one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And in episode two, it's like him and the woman that was kidnapped and vigilante in bed together. I'm like, okay, dude, seriously. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like the, the-, the subtext is text now. <laughs> also, vigilante still has his mask on. While he's in bed. Oh, of course he does. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> that that is you know he that's he 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 needs to keep it disguise oh so you're a vigilante no well you sound like him oh. I, I, I <laughs> that you ain't killing it now <laughs> that is becoming my new favorite trope uh because it because it used to be in the 80s the trope of like your your protagonist walks in on a woman in a in a you know precarious situation and then they you know like hook up and and it's like written as a joke now it's it's you, you have these situations where it's a couple and it's them like expanding what their marriage is in like a consentful situation and i i love that that's becoming a thing where like the reveal of one of the other partners being there or the reveal that um i i think doctor um mr robot did this where the reveal was uh he he has to seduce the guy and it works, and just I I love that that's the new trope that it's it's becoming mm-hmm. a little more inclusive. Because <laughs> like yeah, it, it's fucking John Cena. You know what I mean? If they're both into it, oh yeah, are they really gonna say no? Yeah. And like I said, like I pointed this out. I think when we talked about the Snyder cuts, that the Snyder stuff, like there is gay subtext in all those. Movies. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it's there, especially in BVS. Like the, look at the way Snyder would film men. Like the oiled up shirts off, abs everywhere. Like he's clearly in the editing booth jacking off to his stuff. Like, dude, and the way he films women, matronly, motherly, always clothed, very rarely ever any sexualization. Like even in Sucker Punch, they're never really sexualized that much in that movie. Anytime the sexy stuff starts up, they go into the dream world. Right. <laughs> he's clearly jerking off to shirtless dudes. <laughs> Like they're like David Dakota movies, but much more expensive. Which, like, and I mean, you know, my, I mean, if that's his thing, that's fine. But the fact that James Gunn just overtly comes out and says, "Yeah, these characters, they have, they're, they're bi." 
Yeah. Whereas with mm-hmm. Snyder, well, it's like, no, these are these are real men, dude. Well, and it, they're always wearing nothing. To, and to pit their quotes against each other, or 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 a Zack Snyder quote against himself, James Gunn has the guts to put the text as text in his movies, and Zack Snyder does does not. You know what I mean? He he's, right. He's, because he'll he's willing to say, oh, in in my Batman stories, Batman could get raped, and it's like. Just say what you really want to say there, Snyder. Just say Batman could be gay in my story. Yeah, right. like like you don't have to dance around it, and make it so violent and ugly. That and and James Gunn's over here, like yeah, he's just bisexual. It just like it's it's yeah. the text. It's, it's like, in the movie. It's I was just about the text. To say, with James Gunn, he'd be like, ah, he's so rich, he got bored. Yeah, Why yeah, not? exactly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're that rich. You made it to the end of Pornhub. You don't know what else to do with your time. <laughs> that will always be my favorite joke. You made it to the end of the oh, Congratulations. Is your dick still attached? They should give you a medal at that point. For real. <laughs> or like a free lifetime subscription. Like, if you ever want to revisit these, here you go. You have reached the end of the internet. Please turn your computer off and go outside. <laughs> so what are we looking forward to in season two? I would love to see Kite Man. Ooh. Yes, I want Kite Man. <laughs> we we need a we need a sea level hero that can that can become the foil the um the like somebody that's that's fucked up like Peacemaker but is actively seen as a hero to the public. But then as we get to know him, he becomes unraveled. Uh, I think that would be a wonderful thing to see. I don't I don't know what character specifically uh, to to do in that case. I'd I'd also Blue Beetle Booster Gold. Yeah, Booster Gold would be phenomenal. I I, um, I think Booster. We Gold... could even Elastic Man. Oh no, that's perfect. Yeah, yeah, that's perfect. Well, they have a problem with that because of the issue the issue with um uh him from the Flash show, the actor of that. Uh... <laughs> Uh, was it got busted for sexual assault or something? Gross. Like that? Yeah, they had him on the Flash, and uh, damn it, I think that he got fired, and they never really finished that storyline. Well, thankfully, <laughs> so. thankfully, okay, the so... CW shows are not part of the DCEU. True. Well, I guess technically they are because of that cameo. They never acknowledged them. <laughs> they never acknowledged them very much. Yeah. So I'd be cool with either Blue Beetle or we could do the um. I. I'm I'm or honestly I'm honestly shocked from... that somebody from Doom Patrol hasn't showed up yet. Like that feels yeah. like log- oh, logically feels yeah. like area that could be related to Peacemaker stuff. Yeah, I would like something completely out of left field. Swamp Thing. Oh, I was gonna <laughs> honestly, I'd be like, fuck it, bring in Condiment King. Let's do it. Condiment <laughs> King. <laughs> because there's a story in Swamp Thing. Uh, that's just like this narrative where the butterflies and there's this uh, I think it's a, it's an issue it's a one shot issue called Pog and it's these aliens that land and they're really really tiny in their spaceship and they land in the bayou of Louisiana and they get wrapped up in some storyline basically one of the little aliens dies and then Swamp Thing helps them get their ship back into the atmosphere and fly off that's cute so it's kind of it's a cute little one shot it was during the alan moore era i think he was just doing it as like eh, i need to fill some time between yeah issues. yeah i don't i don't, I don't have the next arc done yet. <laughs> it, it's it's, it's uh it's like the fly from breaking bad it's like yeah the, the it does a lot for the characters it does nothing for the show right yeah it, yeah that's what it is yeah yeah no i could i could i'd love to see something like that or um constantine could show up and mm. and be a really good like you know kind of drunkardly fucked up mm. hero 
to bounce off oh, of? Oh, no. I, I, I've got it. I've got it. I've got it. Hitman. Tommy Monaghan. Okay. Okay. Nobody knows who this character is. Okay. So Tommy Monaghan was a hitman in Gotham City, and it was during an alien invasion. And um, Garth Ennis wrote this character. It's basically, it's just like hang around and just, you know, with your buddies at a bar and just drink in a little he, corner. He, he kind of just looks like Max Payne. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that, he uh, he only calls himself Hitman one time. Uh, but he has jet black eyes. He can he has X ray vision. Um, and he's basically just the Punisher with X ray vision. That's all it is. Okay, but uh, he's re- he's really funny. Uh, he's a lot of fun. He did die at the end of his story. Um, they never brought him back, unfortunately. There was also a one shot where he tried to join the Justice League at one point, and they were like, "Yeah, you're not the guy." Oh my god, <laughs> Mark Wahlberg could play Hitman and against a John Cena type, and they would be hilarious up against each other. Well, he's he's Irish. You need an Irish. Oh, guy. interesting. Yeah, because the uh, the actual bar is named Noonan's, and I think there's a reference to Noonan's in Colin Farrell. Get your abs back. <laughs> yeah. Is, is it? I think Noonan's bar appeared in something recently. What? I don't know. I Ooh. swear it was in. Something. What about Jonathan Rise Myers? Oh, oh okay. okay. He does TV. I bet. I bet he could make a killer hit, man. Oh, Jamie Dornan. I like him. It appeared in something. I know it did. Yeah, I, I don't know. It was in something. I I know I saw Noonan's Bar. It was in like a, one of the DC TV shows, something. But I, it'd be great to see. That's that's my character. I would like Tommy Monaghan to show up because nobody talks about that character. Nobody. Uses no, it. yeah, I think that's that's exactly the kind of thing that the Peacemaker show could make super interesting as well. Um, especially if like if if they continue stuff with the butterflies into season two. Um, I I don't know. Well, they really can't because the problem is that the last of the goo is gone and. The, I think the, the, when Goff shows up to Peacemaker's house and drinks that last bit of goo, that's probably the last of it. That's probably his yeah. last meal. Huh. Yeah, because I'm just thinking for like Judo Master, who seemed aligned to them, uh, it, like he's going to have to have an arc of some kind of vengeance. And I would assume that would be along the lines of trying to keep the butter, what's left of the butterflies alive. But, you know, who knows where they go? You know, they could they could easily do a chain jerk and, and set it somewhere else very quickly and easily. Yeah, well, whatever they do, I'm going to watch it. This is, one, yeah. this is one of my favorite shows this year. I agree. I think that's going to do it for this one. Hope, where can people check out what you do on the internet? Oh, you can find me on any social media website as biohazard underscore Leia. I am also on podcasts with these two gentlemen, Split the Difference and Film Rescue Show. And I personally will have something in the works as a new podcast coming up for next season. So stay tuned for more updates. And Jesse, how about you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Hardcore B Shots. Uh, I'm also on Split the Difference, uh, about to do our last episode for the season, and also on Film Rescue. Uh, about to, we're literally about to do our last episode for the season. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be a good one, uh, and uh, I think that's it. All right, and then for me, you can check me out at Seth X Decker across all social media. Uh, anything that I actually have, anyways. Not that I have that much social media. Uh, and uh, I think that's going to do it for this episode. Thanks for checking out our review of Peacemaker. We'll see you for our next episode, which I think will likely be on the Batman, uh, if I have to guesstimate correctly. Uh, the Bat, more than the Batman, and maybe yeah. something else. I tried. I tried to watch the the French 
thing, the Wes Anderson movie last night. It just oh, French, French Dispatch. Dispatch. It was not for not for, not for me. Uh, he's getting too quirky. He he's he's hit that that point for me where the event horizon is there, and I, I have to dip out. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Yeah, I don't hate it. Like if somebody absolutely loved it, more power to him. It just was not was not my jam. Um, and and I have loved a lot of his stuff, so I don't feel bad about that either. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we'll see you next time. Uh, and if you would like to check out our season finale for Transformers 3, we're about to go record that. By the time you hear this, you'll definitely be able to hear that. But that's going to do it for us. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night.